0: And, um, and I, I was feeling uneasy and, and I went into the kitchen and get something to drink at like two o'clock, like a glass of water. And I was looking, I was thinking back of one of the scenes and I was like, I was like, was Anthony wearing the right shirt?
1: Oh, and no. I,
0: <laughs> and, and I was like, and, and I started like, I was like, no. And it's one of those things where you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I go on the computer because I, I, I download all the footage each night and back it up. And I download it, and I watch it and I'm like, fuck. And I go to bed, like, completely deflated. Like, I fucked up my film. Like, this is, like, day 17 or 18.
1: So As you probably know, because I posted about it a little bit, and um, so I think I've actually mentioned to, it to you before, that a lot of the subscribers we have and a lot of the supporters we have are super into film, super into movies, making movies, you know, reviewing movies. Um, so it's always a really nice treat when we have somebody that's dedicated to something like this to come on and talk about their craft. So first of all, thank you for being here.
0: Thank you for having me. I mean, I really appreciate it. Um, I, I, I watched a little bit of you guys. I, I, I like your ratings video uh, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah. i'm surprised you still agreed to uh, inter- uh talk with us after you watch those videos <laughs>
0: <laughs> no no it, it was pretty good ratings
1: so tell us before we move forward i want you to uh i want to give you a chance to give us the synopsis of this next movie coming out um or that you're going on tour with for all the uh the festivals because um, I read some stuff about it online, I, I looked into everything I could. But I want from your words, what is this about?
0: So it's called the Last Deal. It's about a black market cannabis dealer that makes one last deal before he's squeezed the, out of the business because marijuana is now becoming legal in California.
1: You, you said yeah, legal in California. That I always actually thought about that too. Whenever um everything started becoming legal, I was like, what are all these people gonna do now that it's <laughs> now that like they have no business anymore? Um, oh, yeah.
2: That's yeah, a good premise. I like that a lot.
1: Actually, it was actually kind of interesting. So what is it? how long does it take for you to actually put something like this together? Because everyone that I know that's into film, the hardest part is, like, networking. It's actually getting everyone's schedules to get combined because for people that are on, like, the low – it sounds so bad when I say this – but, like, the low end of filmmaking where they're just starting, they're at their roots, maybe they just started film school, maybe they're in high school and they want to – they're using their phone to uh, make do filmmaking, or they, they've got a webcam, and they're just, like – Doing like finger puppets, I don't know, some whatever they can do to get into this um, art. It's so hard to, you know, collaborate with people, specifically because of schedules, because everyone's got jobs, everyone's got, uh, you know, school. So for you, you're actually working with real dedicated people. Is it still hard to get everybody you want involved to be involved? And when you do get all the people you want involved, how good does it feel to actually have that team? <laughs>
0: Uh, it's very difficult. The scheduling is incredibly hard. You know, like, the your preparation will always dictate your production, what you make. And um, you got to make that schedule so tight and try to, especially with a movie like this where we had, I don't know, like 50 actors or so. But, like, wow. it was like a, um, those are all just, like, many parts. But, like, the main cast is probably, like, 15. And you're managing all those schedules. You really got to, make it line up. The good fortune I had on this was we shot during the pandemic. So myself, everyone else was out of work. So it gave a nice luxury of getting all these schedules to work.
1: That's actually funny because usually it was a reverse for a lot of people when COVID came That because everyone was so afraid to be around others. And a lot of people were like the essential workers. So it's like they were swamped with like work. So it's like, I only know one film group that actually the pandemic helped them. Um, and they got a lot done, but everyone else, it was pretty rough for them. But that's cool that it kind of, like, worked out. Yeah, no, it was very
0: fortunate. Like, um, like Anthony, the lead actor in Sala, and Mike Ferguson, too. Like, they all work all the time. Um, everyone works. Those guys are, like, constantly doing stunts nonstop. Yeah, so. Anthony's so IMDb cool. is, like, seven pages long. It's crazy. It's
1: so cool, man. Yeah,
0: yeah like, Salah's in Colombia right now. Uh, shooting for a a well-known action director and uh, sort of like to get these schedules to align are are difficult, but no one's working then. So you kind of are given this like golden moment.
1: Yeah. I've read on uh, your IMDB, the thing about you handing in uh, movies instead of essays. Is that true? Absolutely. Yeah. How did that happen? What, What was that like? What'd you do?
0: I think it was fourth or fifth grade um i was playing with my dad's camcorder and uh we had to make a video on current news and stuff okay. and so um i had all my gi joe's and i just used stop motion animation for like the war going on in the middle east oh wow and, and i was like i was like hey can i can i turn in this instead of a paper my my teacher was like okay and so they roll out that old vcr table dinosaur thing no way <laughs> and then, you play it, oh, and, wow. and, and the whole class digs it. Um, and then, and then I got—I was asked if I could do another one. It was like, it was like, yeah, absolutely. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> so that, that was fun. Everyone enjoyed it. For me, it was the enjoyment of of uh, seeing everyone light up and like it. Man, I bet <laughs>
1: you've been chasing that high your entire life.
0: I actually never thought about it till right now. Uh, really? For like a long time, yeah, for a
1: long, long time. But
0: because back then I was doing it a lot, like. Um, I'd have my sisters, and we'd always be shooting stuff.
2: That's you were, so you were cool. probably the kid in class. People would be like, "Bro, yes, he's in my class." We get like five minutes a week where we can just watch movies <laughs> <street> and stuff.
0: <laughs> the only cool street thing street. about me back then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So what? It, what's the first thing that you actually wrote that you put into a that you actually made like a real movie? Like the
0: real first one was Into Up. and um, that came out in one theater in two thousand nine. And, uh, and I wrote that. It, it's funny, the, um, the genesis of that one is almost similar to Last Deal. Whereas, Auntie Up came to me because I was part of a, a filmmaking group. Um, and you pick a theme and everyone makes a short film. And, and so the theme was on-off. And, and so I'm walking through routes with my cousin, Steve, who helps him with every screenplay. And I was like, hey, there's this theme on-off. And, started talking about a light switch that turns this guy's girlfriend on, not PC nowadays, probably, but, um, but she's, she's very strong and stands up for herself. And so I was going on up this idea of this short and I was putting all this work into it. I was like, hey, let's just make this a feature. And, and, so, and so I got a grant from Panavision. They gave me uh, their cameras and lenses and then Kodak, because we shot it on film and um, Kodak endorsed me and it turned into this huge, big thing.
1: Um, so that awesome. that was my very first movie that's incredible that that must be awesome
2: can I ask because I watched a few of your short films I didn't watch anti up but I watched uh, sidewalk symphony nice I watched um, uh, what was it uh, a truth in silence and then uh, chasing the past and so you kind of you had Anti up which was your feature and like you said like twenty uh, 2008 2009, 2009. Yeah. and then you had about um, like five or six short films that you made and then you had The Last Deal. Was there, did you, you know, were you always trying to make a feature or did you want to make short films then? Like how did the genesis of returning to a feature kind of let, like, you know, lay itself out to you?
0: Yeah, so what happened was um, in, when anti-up was coming out, I was producing a feature doc at that time and shooting uh, other things. And I, and I put out ads for screenplays. So this is 2009 like I wanted to know what my next film was and it's just so hard finding a good script. Like it's near impossible, like unless, unless it's your roommate or a good friend or something like that. If you're not known, you don't have uh, the bank that the agencies have. It's very hard to find a good one, unless you write it yourself. Um, so I was, I've been trying since 2009 to find a script and I, I wrote a couple on that time period that just didn't pull me to making them. So I, I was making a bunch of shorts to like hone my skill in a lot more because mm. anti Up came out and it didn't, it didn't get the reviews or the recognition or it didn't go as, the, as far as I was hoping it would. It opened a lot of doors. So I made a bunch of shorts and, and those shorts starting with Sidewalk did really well. Like people were like enjoying them. They were getting programmed. Um, mm. One got shortlisted for uh, best live action short at the Academy Awards. So it, it, Which was, one was, it that? was that was the side, sidewalk.
2: Oh, okay, next one.
0: Yeah. So, um, and yeah, so, so did that for a bit. And then um, it was like, after a while, you just want something uh, so bad that I'm like, hey, let me just pick something that's very commercial because you're making these shorts and the shorts are very filmmaker friendly, but they don't really translate commercially. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, let me pick something that's very commercial that I like. And it took me this long to want to make an action film, whereas that's like what I grew up with. And um, so I knew I wanted an action film and um, I knew I wanted it to contain certain things that I had around me. And, and then I was watching a 70s film in October 2019, and the concept came to me for what the film should be about. And so I, I wrote a log line that night. I texted a few friends, actually, that night. I was like, hey, I think I found what I want to make next. And I wrote an outline right away. I had the first draft finished by January, called my good buddy, Kyle Safarlio, who was a very well-known stuntman. Like, it goes all the way back to Robocop. And I was like, hey, this is the film I want to make next. I really need you to come aboard. Like, I want you to come aboard as a producer and, and, and to watch over all the stunts, to make the stunts look legit. Because when you're making micro budget or small budget films, your budget gets, gets seen when punches aren't hitting or stunts don't look good. So for me, like I want to make sure it was completely legit. So I brought in Carl and I was in pre-production saying, hey, I'm going to shoot this in April, no matter what. And I went directly into pre-developing it and writing the, the next versions of the draft all the way up until the first day of shooting in August. And, and it was in March that the pandemic happened, and um, there was no traffic in L.A., so I was able to scout for, like, three or four months, just travel all throughout the town with no traffic and really pick the locations I wanted.
2: Did that help with shooting on, like, the streets at all?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, shooting in streets, alleyways, tarmacs. Mm.
2: Yeah, I saw, I saw there was a still of the on the plane on the tarmac. and I, Yeah. And that kind of made me, like, all right, so this guy's got some scope to it. Like, he, this is like a much bigger production than probably the biggest production you've done right yeah I'd say so yeah um, can you ask because I know the budget on anti up can you tell me like a multiplier of the uh, the anti up budget like for what am I saying here like what's I don't want I don't want to give an exact number for the budget you're, right. this, but you're asking like what the budget was of anti up compared to the last deal yeah like like ten times
0: bigger how many oh, yeah I'd say maybe yeah, fivefold, sixfold, Next mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And
2: yeah. one of the things I noticed watching, like, you know, what I saw your film- filmography is everything you've done so far, and especially, like, l- even looking at Auntie Up, everything that you do seems to have a very distinct visual style and, like, genre and tone to it. And is that something that you plan on doing? Like, oh, I want to do this, because you're saying you're trying to hone your craft or something, or is that just a matter of, oh, this script attracted me, so I went with this? Um, or does it kind of just happen?
0: I think it kind of just happens. Um, like, for, for me, it's it's being as realistic as possible and, and having, like, a bit of a grittiness on, under that, and I think I think a lot of, like, some things you're seeing is, like, the, the color grade or the, uh, the way the film looks has looked the same for, like, right. 10 or 14 years. Yeah, that I don't, like, I think starting on film, like, just the way I see things. Like I really like the way film looks when you shoot it. And so then I gravitated towards the red and the red could make and be like, come as close as I could to Kodak. So I've always been doing that. And, um, but yeah, I, I think like with those films like chasing the past, especially like was when I was trying to mature. So I was watching a lot of Terrence Malick at the time and I wanted to make something commercial. So for me, that was like my, Sci-fi into commercial type stuff, and then um, and then with the last deal, like it's kind of yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a good observation. Like not only the look, but like the characters in those two films, like Last Deal and Chasing the Past, are pretty similar. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So would you say like the Last Deal sort of has like a like a camera similar to um, Chasing the Past, or is it like?
0: Yeah, I think in terms of the, of the grittiness, I think so. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but it's different. Like this one um, was a lot more action. Uh, Yeah, no, no, it's a good question. They're pretty similar. I I never thought about it. Mm
1: -hmm. Can can you see yourself like growing through the films you're making? Like how much difference can you see in your first film to the film you're making now? Like when it comes to like your own like personality, the way you write. And how you develop a story and how you even speak to actors and tell them, that, well, this is what I want. I don't want you to do it like that. I want you to do it like that. Like, how do you have you watched yourself grow or has it kind of remained consistent?
0: Um, yeah, it's definitely a lot of growth because um, you're always challenging yourself to be better and, and, and try to communicate the vision that I have in my head. And, and I think with each chance I get, I'm able to communicate it better. Um, and, you know, the, the general tone or sense is always there. But now when you understand angles a lot more and, and what you want the audience to see and how to make it look sophisticated and engaging and, and and getting a wide audience to watch it, meanwhile telling your story, is definitely an ongoing process, yeah.
1: And and do you, because I know a lot of directors have a different way of doing this, and some ac- directors let actors just go for it and do what they want to do, Some and some directors are like, no, I, I've got a story I want to tell, and and this is how we have to tell it. Um, how lenient are you with, um, with actors? I mean, pretty,
0: pretty, pretty chill. I'd say like we, we don't rehearse like days prior, you know, there, there's always like a, a table read um, and then I talk to them on the phone, like nowadays or, or meet in person. Like, Hey, what are you thinking? Like, like, what do you think about your character here? You know, stuff like that. Like, like more just asking about ways you're feeling and, and where things are coming from, and ideas, and um, and like, hey, does this line work for you? And, and 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 it's a very collaborative process. So that starts before the shoot, like with Anthony, we're talking all the time, and he was coming up with ideas for different ways of going about stuff, or what his character would do here or not do here. So I think it's like a collaboration of of trying to learn yeah. what the film is you're trying to make, um, or make it as best possible. And then when it comes to shooting, you know, I basically I talk with them like. Dominic, my DP on this one and they will block it out. We'll say, Hey, shooting here, hey, here, here, here. As they're preparing, I talk to the cast and say, Hey, what are you thinking? Or I don't say anything. They're locked in. And and then and then I'm like, okay, let's let's rehearse one. We rehearse it. Maybe give some small notes, like, hey, just think about remember you're going here, like after this, or this happened before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you're good. And then shoot it. And then as you're going through it, you're discovering the beats and and what looks better or sounds better, and you collaborate, and that's the way it works. Usually, that happens in four takes.
1: Yeah, I was I was, I was recently talking to um, a friend of mine who's who's working on a, a film, and we were talking about that. We we're talking about like collaboration. We were talking about working as a team, listening to um, listening to the actors, listening to the uh, cinematographers, listening to everyone that has an idea um but at the end of the day it's like uh somebody has to obviously have final say the director's like well this is how it is but um I think there is a lot to miss out on when you don't listen to everyone involved in the film because there are some pretty great ideas that people have and when it comes to the actors um I feel like because their whole life their whole art revolves around actually develop developing a character within themselves like living as that person I think actually hearing what they have to say about the character is very important but I imagine that um for a director or for a writer, sometimes it's hard to part with, uh, like, you ever hear the, the phrase uh, kill your darlings? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. I feel like an, an, an actor or somebody's going to be like, oh, I think it really works out well like this. And they might be right. And you're like, yeah. they're like, fuck, they're right. But I love it yeah. this way so much. Like, what would you do in that situation?
0: Exactly what you just said. So you're, you know, like like you planned and you plotted so much that I think if a better idea comes, you, you can understand it. Yeah, and that circumstance, like, I'd <laughs> you know, be like, yeah, yeah, fuck me. And then, like, I put my head down, <laughs> think about it. I'm like, okay, because I get a, how will it act with all this stuff. Yeah, sure, let's do it. Yeah, because <laughs> I, 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 enjoy the collaboration, and and that for me is fun. Like, um, like I, I know the movie, and I know where they're going, and and so as long as things aren't going too far away. Um, that's that's special
1: when you have that. Yeah, it's all awesome. that's the thing. This stuff is it's fun. This stuff is fun. I think it's so cool. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's a lot of work. I don't I think people uh don't realize that. Like people will see you like running around with a video camera. See people will uh see you making any kind of videos and they're like, Oh, they're just fooling around, but like no, it's it's this is not easy. This is not easy to do. Um, no matter what level you are at filmmaking, it's always like it's always really rough. And when you have a team and you're kinda on the same wavelength or they're like, coming up with really good shit, you're like whole I found my people. I think that's really cool. Um yeah. so if you have an actual team that has ideas that you actually want to run with, that's got to feel amazing.
0: Absolutely. And then like 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 you said, you just uh, you have to remain disciplined that you're the vessel of the movie or yeah. you're the one communicating it. So so you can't go of course you know, not you, you, you've got to make a decision and and be specific. But but yeah yeah if you can balance the two, I, I think you're gonna have a lot of fun and it'll translate.
1: Now, th- this is something I- I've, th- I've thought about for a while, because, so, I, like, I'm I'm not, like, professionally trained, but whenever somebody needs, um like, a, a fight choreographer or needs a stuntman, I'm actually the one that do it, and okay. whenever the directors are like, okay, this is what I want, I choreograph, and then I will actually act in it in place of the actors, or they'll just have me be the actor, but it makes me think, okay, well, if I was a director, I know I could do this on my own, but for directors that don't know how to do fight choreography, not saying you do or don't, what would they do? Would they rely on the fight choreographer? What if they don't like it? So like, what's your relationship with fight choreography or any kind of stunts?
0: So Kyle, I worked with before he did the stunt coordinating on a Treat in silence. And and we've been friends for a while. Like we would have breakfast together like once every three or four months for like four or five years. So we, we get along, we mesh very well. and We pitch projects together. So in my circumstance here with carl's it's a very collaborative thing as well like like i trust him for what he's doing i know he'll pick like the best angles with my dp and and everything will land right but it's up to you to look at it and be like hey is this the way i want it to look so like and that comes to like speed of things or how close you think punches are coming and stuff like that so so you may not have to know exactly what he's doing or speak his language, but if you just know what it is you're looking for and can communicate that, I think you work well. And, and and I think that goes for if I wasn't working with Kyle and I was working with somebody else, it'd be the same thing. Be like, yeah, I know that punch looked good, but you can go a little bit faster. And there was like a six frame delay on the guy receiving it. And we watch him in the monitor like, oh yeah, 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 cool, cool, cool. So we speed it up. So it, 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 it's a matter of like, of like just trying to communicate what you want. And I'm sure if you watch a bunch of Jackie Chan films, you can yeah. probably go into it and be like, they're like, yeah, you know, and go from muscle memory of what you saw and then put it on there.
1: Cause I think, I think um, any kind of action sequence, whether it's like choreography or someone gets hit by a car or like falls off the stairs or whatever it is. I mean like they're, they're one of, they're the most fun thing to do. Cause not only is it fun to choreograph, it's fun to actually, you know, act it out um and there's so many possibilities for like crazy creative angles and uh uh, action sequences um it's one of my favorite things to do it's probably one of the only things i'm good at when it comes to film Um, it's awesome yeah so it's 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 a riot like it's great
2: he's gonna get slapped around
1: yeah i'm (laughs) gonna get slapped around (laughs) um but like the other thing too is when it comes to people uh that are in your position um obviously like you have to put Say everyone should put safety at number one, obviously, but like you really have to because someone's breathing down your neck like, hey, if you don't put safety at number one, there's some liability, there's like some crazy stuff. For people that are like just starting out, I just saw like a TikTok today of somebody on a pickup truck and they put a, a tripod on the pickup truck and then they were filming a motorcycle in a distance, and the pickup truck and the motorcycle were both driving. And somebody commented, one, one person said, this is ridiculous, don't do this, it's unsafe. Another person commented, um, this is amazing because no, not everyone could have like the team and the cameras and the rigs do what you have to do to uh, get noticed or whatever it is. And in my position right now in life, uh, because I'm, I'm the stunt guy, I'm getting hurt all the time. I haven't broken any bones yet, but to me it's worth it, right? I like doing that. So when yeah. you when you started out doing this stuff, what <laughs> when it comes to safety, how different or how much leeway did you have then versus now? Like what was, what's the comparison?
0: Uh, I think I've always been pretty safe because I've always surrounded myself with people that are working professionals, so um, you sort of that trickles down. Yeah, but um, I've probably i probably just I've probably become more lenient, but the ideas have gotten bigger. Because, like, if you, if you stay within your rules for what you're allowed to do, you can make it as big as you want. Yeah, yeah So, yeah. Um, but no, 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 I, I always made sure everyone was safe and comfortable. Um, <laughs> but we shot on an Up, and uh, there's a scene where the, the Mustang goes, like, flying into the camera. And so we, it was, like, we kept shooting it, and it was coming, like, here. And I was like, oh, no, it's, it's too far away. And, and it was coming here. And I was like, no, 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 I want to, like, almost, like, black out the frame. Like, have it come completely in and my DP at the time josh was like was like i was like we have full insurance just press play and start, yeah. or, or <laughs> away and, and, and let's just hope for the best and, and so it did it came slamming in and i told the guy oh driving he was, like, he was like i want you to like fucking slam right into that but stop you know don't go crazy <laughs> so and so that's what happened that was the shot that we kept it went all the way oh like like gosh. all the way in that so, is so funny. but no one was near the camera and Everyone had their seatbelt on. <laughs> uh, was,
2: uh, on this, on the last deal, was Anthony his own uh, stuntman on this?
0: Uh, yes. Yes, he was. Yes. So
2: did that feel like you had to be, since he was like, I guess one of your lead actors, did you feel you had to be more careful? Like, oh, with your, with his stunts or let me put it this way. Were you great? My lead is the stunt man. Or were you like, shit, my lead is a stunt man.
0: I never had the latter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It never even crossed my mind i was i was always it was it was just always fun so i i was never concerned like we 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 never put him in any position that he would get like extremely hurt all but yeah he did have an idea one time (laughs) that uh we had a chase scene in one in the original script and uh he wanted like i had it on a bicycle because i was like hey i can't afford to I can do a chase scene with two cars, but it'd be better if it's a car chasing a bicycle because I can go through lawns and downstairs and stuff like that. And it would look really cool. And Anthony's like, hey, let's make it a motorcycle. (laughs) I was like, can you ride it? He's like, we'll rent one and I'll ride the motorcycle and we'll go down these stairs. I was like, this sounds awesome. And we told Carl, he's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So there's no motorcycle Mm. chase scene in this one.
2: Well, you know what you do when your safety guy tells you it's too dangerous? (laughs) You get another safety guy. <laughs> 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 oh
1: man, that, that's funny. Um, so, what's the what's the duration of uh, the last deal? Uh, Ninety-one minutes. Man, that's awesome. That is so cool. Yeah, like, thank you. how How has it been uh, received? Very well. Like uh, we we were in Boston. It sold
0: out there. It was a crazy, fun electric audience. Um, and and they feel it like well in the theater too. Like that's, that's the ultimate test when you're sitting there and you see what everyone feels. Uh, and then it played in LA, at the Chinese theater and we sold out there and everyone was electric there. And, um, and then it played in San Antonio uh, a couple weeks ago where Anthony won a best actor award there.
1: Oh, good for him, man.
0: Yeah. And then it plays in LA on Friday. when when does your show here?
1: Uh, this one? I'm probably gonna uh, take care of it tomorrow, like edit it up tomorrow, and like re- release it the next day because I want it to go out as soon okay. as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. So, so yeah, the, the next screening is in LA um, on Friday at, on uh, at LA Film Fest. Yeah. yeah, and then we play in November in Florida, and then release in February.
1: Are you like kind of tired of watching your own movie because you've seen it so many times? <laughs>
0: uh uh, no not at all i i I mean i mean i was debating about the one on friday like showing up late but um again like like i've only seen it live twice like with an audience so um i do want to see it again and see what the audience and and
1: when you watch it do you watch the movie or do you watch everyone else
0: um i'm watching the movie it's only like there's a couple of big scenes that I look look around, or yeah, yeah. like like if people are like squirmish. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that 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 stuff was cool. Like when we were in Boston, my dad and my mother were sitting behind me, and, and all the parts that I thought my dad would would react to, he he did, which was fun.
1: That's actually I, so funny. So whenever I thought I I listened to I think an interview with um, what's the guy from what's his name? Oh my gosh, Jay and Silent Bob. What's his name? Kevin uh, Smith. Oh, Kevin Smith. Yeah, Kevin Smith. I was listening to like an interview with Kevin Smith. And he was saying how, like, I don't know what movie he released, uh, but he said that he every time he went, he loved watching the movie because exactly what you said, like, the, the crowd was electric. They wanted to be there for the movie. Like, they loved every bit of it. They weren't just there for Kevin Smith because he was in the same theater and everyone would have been crowding him. But, no, they were here for what he made, like, his art. And I think that was really cool. But even he was like, yeah, man, like, I love seeing the reactions of all the people. And, of course, why wouldn't you? Who, who wouldn't? You know, because they are proud of it, you know? no it's pretty
0: cool especially like when uh it's been playing on friday and saturday nights at, at all all the festivals which, so. which is nice so when we were in boston i think it played saturday night there or friday night and it was just so cool like going to the movies like my movie's playing at the amc and people are here to watch it and then the same thing at the chinese that played there i think on a saturday night which is awesome and uh no played on a friday played the same weekend jurassic park opened. Oh wow. And, and we sold more tickets than ah, Jurassic. Park. Yeah. <laughs> For it's a, it's a very specific statistic, but at, at the at the Chinese Theater, we sold more tickets than Jurassic Park in any one screening. Wow. So, nice. Yeah.
1: That is awesome. That is so funny. Do you have any...
0: I w- whatever I can get? <laughs> well, put that on the poster. More
1: yes. tickets than Jurassic Park. <laughs> more, more tickets than Jurassic Park, yeah. Um, at
2: 56321
0: Hollywood Way or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, you can just bleep out the last part. Just put the first part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, do you do you have like a specific release uh, plan for um, like releasing this publicly, like on streaming? Yeah, or something? I mean,
0: we're currently shopping it around, um, so it's still a little up in the air. But I know it's coming out in February, so okay. I can't release any details yet. But February is is when it'll be out. That's awesome. I'm hoping as early in February as possible. So. Mm.
1: Now, how soon... I don't want to listen. I'm not trying to rush you. How soon yeah, yeah. after you uh, you put out a film do you start working on your next idea? Yeah, he
2: just finished this movie. It took two yeah. years. I'm hey, always like, let's next go. Thing? Next one, I'm ready. <laughs> Come
0: on. Um, this one needed a lot of attention. So, like, editing, you've you got to get through editing. I can't really... And this is the same with the shorts too and um stuff, but like yeah, not until it's like so far along in the yeah. process can you start at least myself, be thinking of the next thing. Like I do have like moments at night where like I'll have an hour or so and I'll and I'll continue to develop an idea, but it won't go into the writing phase. Yeah. Because mm. I'm cutting a picture.
1: So one of the reasons why I ask is because um my uh my favorite fiction author is Stephen King and you know, in his book, On Writing, he talks about how one of his methods to, like, have, like, the best ideas ever is to never write down any of, any of his ideas. Because he says that <clears> – <throat> I don't know if I entirely agree with that because I, I write my ideas all down all the time. But he says that if he doesn't write his ideas down and he ends up remembering them, like, five years later, they must be pretty good. And he forgets Yeah. Yeah. What, what's your take?
0: That, that's a pretty good take. Um, like, like, if it's sticking with you and, – and, and that's the way I try to develop the scripts – is, is, like, I have my my outline or my board and stuff like that. But um, I, I, I wake up and I think about an idea, part of the movie, and I just keep thinking about it all day and other scenes. And then whatever I'm coming back to, there's a reason why I'm coming back to it. Like, the, the script I'm writing right now, there's a couple of different directions I can take at the beginning. But, like, I keep coming back to this one idea. And, like you said, like, killing your darlings, like, yeah. it comes down to, like... There's a certain point where I'm like, uh, I gotta let this one, this idea go and go this direction or, or else you're just not going to stay on track.
1: Yeah.
2: So did so you, was anti up your first feature that you wrote? Yeah. So since then, like in between all your other projects, do you have like some scripts in the drawer or do you only like basically write what you plan on shooting?
0: I write what I plan on shooting. Well, that Um, was a dumb question,
2: but I mean, like, do you have any scripts in the drawer (laughs) that you haven't shot yet? I
0: mean, (laughs) You uh, <laughs> watch. No, 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 no. It's a good question. There's one script I have. It's a really interesting one. I actually, my wife and me just moved and um, that's why there's nothing here. And, and, and moving my boxes and stuff like that, I found this, this one script I wrote. Uh, it, it was while I was doing festivals. It was like during the height of me festivaling and stuff like that. And I'm, and I'm going to a lot of festivals and I'm seeing a lot of movies and up, up and coming filmmakers and stuff like that. And I wrote this one, like, like, coming of age film that I think everybody does, like, when they're in their 20s and so, or even 30s. Um, and, and it was like a road trip film. And it was a really- oh, That's
1: cool, I like those.
0: Yeah, and he meets different people along the way. There seems to be like a thing where I have, like, I like to include a lot of characters, but, um, like, the current one has a lot of characters. But, like, yeah, he's meeting different people along the way to teach him something. And it's all going towards this one destination and, um, and I wrote it and I, and I saw it the other day. I was like, oh, this is cute, but I wouldn't, there's no action in it. Like, like there's nobody getting stabbed or, or shot. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I, I can't really make that at this point in my career.
1: What's, what's like something that you were like, I can't like, you don't have to tell us a scene because obviously spoilers, but like, maybe if it's something you, you did before, like, is there something where like, I can't believe we pulled that off?
0: like a uh, thing on set. But yeah, yeah,
1: on set any movie where whether it's action or like it was just like like a, like a long take so it's like I can't believe everyone like remembered the lines. I was so like anything that was like I can't believe we pulled that off. <laughs> um
0: yeah, it's a good but also bad story. Oh, I'm right. Um so uh yeah, but what what I was thinking just to go back for a sec. There, oh, was, yeah, a screenplay, there, there was a screenplay I have that I wrote um, called Jeremiah. And it's about a, a young kid in the inner city who is pretty much trapped there. He's trying to get out. And the only way to get out is to uh, commit these acts that his family has for, for generations, like, like bad acts. So the only way for him to get out is to go in and, um, or get in. And it, it's great. So that, that, that film festival film I told you about, like I, I made this one or I wrote this one. It's been shopped around like a risky business tone and, and and it has moments of violence and drama it's like a hell or high water but with teenagers and um, and, and and yeah so that's it, it, if there's any development that you could gather from that or evolution where I wrote this one film called called life not lost which was too introspective to making this other script that's dramatic but but is a little bit more commercial I don't know whatever you can gather from, from that but but like the craziest thing that happened was we're shooting the last deal and we had to go to our marijuana farm. And the marijuana farm is up in, uh, right outside of Santa Barbara, but like like 50 miles w- west. So in order to go there, we rent vans and we leave extremely early in the morning. Um, and I have a driver of each van. One van has equipment we have crew. And we go up there, one of my actors is, is I think a half hour late right now. So, you know, when you're leaving a half hour late, it it, it really hurts you. Um, And we're going to this marijuana farm where we shot most of the film and the gentleman Jay who owns the farm, great guy, um, but you know, you're on a working farm and time is money. And so you only have a certain amount of time to shoot in certain rooms and stuff like that. So we were driving up there and um, one of the minivans went the wrong way. And, you know, oh. you give maps, you have directions and accidents that happen. And he went the wrong way and he went off the road and he got a flat tire. Oh, shit. And, and so he has all the camera equipment and the actors with him. And, and so this day was supposed to be six hours long. Like, like we've, ar- we've already shot at the farm. We're only supposed to be there for six hours um, to shoot these scenes I need to shoot. Uh, it was like a couple dialogue scenes and so so i'm with dominic in our van and i was like i was like all right um what do we do and each time we let so me and dominic arrived to the farm and the farmer's on this road that's like 10 miles long you can only go like five miles per hour on so anytime we leave the farm it's at least a 20 minute 30 minute drive so we go out to where the kid has the flat tire and say hey keep, just change the flat and keep going um we're not with him yet. He changes the flat, keeps going. Now he tears up the spear, So it's just the rim. Oh, <laughs> and, and so Dominic and me were on the side of the road, just in the phone with him. We're in the middle of the desert. This is Maricopa, California, which is in the middle of nowhere. So reception is horrible. And we're talking to him, you know, they're completely stranded there. I'm like, okay, let me call, this is Sunday. Let me call the rental car company because it's like noon or something like that see if we can get a tow truck to tow them out um, and get a new car. So we arranged the rental car company. It was just about to close. They came in with a flatbed and they picked up that van, brought it to the farm. And so I'm at the farm now and I'm like, okay, we're three or four hours behind. I only need six hours to shoot. You, you only want to shoot 12 hours and we're already close to lunch. So So, you know, you want to do lunch in six hours. So we're at the threshold of approaching six hours without a single shot. So the flatbed comes. It's amazing that this even came out in time. But the flatbed comes all the way to the farm, brings in the van. We unload the van, take all the camera equipment out, completely frazzled because there's so many things happening and just making sure it's okay. I see Anthony, like we got to do lunch. And I picked no PA this day because it's such a short day. I was like, hey, I don't need a... Pa, I can do my own. Like, just I just need blah 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 and stuff like that. And um, so the only hope to break for luncheon time was I had to leave the farm, which is a bad idea. Jeez. So mm-hmm. I I leave the farm. I, I I before I leave I say I we blocked the entire shot out. We're in this huge bud room with all this like hundreds of pounds of dry bud, and 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 Jay has his employees there like like plucking the um, stems off the bud and stuff like that. It's a great shot, it looks amazing. I look at it, block it, it. like, okay, I'll be back with lunch. We'll shoot this, we'll do like a walk-in lunch where people grab their lunch and we'll keep shooting. So I leave and I'm gone for like, cause it takes 20 minutes each time you leave. So I'm gone for a bit. I come back in time for the six hours. Now, now you know, like, like the crew is not union but I like to always keep within union rules. People feel respected that way. Things run very smooth that way. That's the way I like to operate. So we come. I come back with the lunch. I walk in, I, I'm like, okay, rehearse it once. <laughs> we do the scene. It looks great. We move on, keep going, keep going. People are eating, people are working. Shoot all the scenes I need to shoot and wrapped in 12 hours, which was awesome. Cause you, you shoot for like wrapping in 12 hours. We got it all done in 12 hours. It was like, there's a lot more that happened but for me, it was the greatest filmmaking day of my life. Really, because to make all of that work, to to like being the producer and getting the rental car truck to come on time, and and and, and the because I didn't know if if we could change the flat or not. And I was like, as long as the van makes it to set, I know with six hours I'll figure something out. <laughs> right. But we just need to shoot. So and they had all the camera stuff in the van with the flat tire. So. They had the van there. I'm on the phone between takes with the rental car company to get a new car out. And so we're shooting, I'm on the phone and I get a new van, they bring a new van out. It was through budget, thank you budget. Wow. And they brought a new van out and, and we were all able to leave safely and securely uh, within 12 hours, just a crazy thing. So I, 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 it's an incredible high. I go to bed and, um, and I'm, I, I was feeling uneasy. And, and I went into the kitchen and get something to drink at like two o'clock, like a glass of water. And I was looking, I was thinking back of one of the scenes and I was like, I was, like was Anthony wearing the right shirt? Oh, no. And, <laughs> and, and I was like, and, and I started like, I was like, no. And it's one of those things where you're like, no. <laughs> so I go on the computer because I, I, I download all the footage each night and back it up. And I download it and I watch it and I'm like, fuck. And I go to bed like completely deflated. Like I fucked up my film. Like this is like day 17 or 18. There's a continuity error in my film because he, it's a one, it's this one specific day and it's in between other shots of the day. So he can't change his shirt. I'm talking to like my editor, my story editors and stuff like that, like, hey, how can I work around this? Blah, blah. I'm shooting the following day. So I go to set. I don't tell anybody about this. And meanwhile, while we're shooting on the next day, I'm talking to my story editors all day, like, how can I fix this? And there's all, this, all these solutions, like you went boxing and changed his shirt between scenes. And, then I, and I was just like, fuck it, no, I can't do that. I can't fuck up my film. We're gonna shoot right away. So I called Jay, I'm like, hey, can I come back and shoot? We had lunch on my shoot. And I told Anthony at lunch, I was like, hey, because we've already been to this farm so many times, like we've got to go back to the farm and." And shoot again because it was a continuity error. He's deflated. Everyone's deflated. I was like, "We got to do it. Like, fuck it." And so we go there. We shoot it. It's amazing. And and that day was over. But but th- th- that was the most incredible high, incredible low.
1: Highs and lows. Just Highs high, is, low, high, yeah, low. Yeah, that's low. crazy. Like over I, here, I was like, "Oh, what's the most? What? What did you think? You're like, oh, I can't believe we pulled it off." Thinking I was going to get like, "Oh, there was this action scene." No, it was like a complete logistic mess. You're like, "I can't believe that happened." Much more yeah, of a yeah. than I was expecting. Was yeah. like I was so
0: I was so impressed like at, at like how that happened. Like like and, you know, it took a collaboration too, everyone like coming aboard this this ship and, and stuff like that. Yeah, that was that was wild.
1: Well, I never wanted to... I got to say it's like it really is one of the best best feelings to um not only be in charge but also like have that feeling that you know people trust you and still being able to pull it off in the end. Like, God, what, what a release that is when that all happens. Like, that's got to be one of the best feelings ever.
0: It's definitely a good confidence booster for your, the people around you. Oh, yeah. So, like, you can tell if you're in a film set and by day, <laughs> day one, but but day three or four, like, like there's uh, – things aren't good here. Um, and, and so, like, I'm always very cognizant of that. You know, you want everyone to feel comfortable. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, just do the right thing,
1: yeah, like not to like not to sound like super like what, like pretentious, but it's like it, it does take like a, a special person to be a director to be able to handle everyone's personalities, everyone's character, like not like not the character they're playing, like, their actual personal character uh to deal with all the responsibility um some people and it, it's like not a problem, can't do it, some people like really just can't handle that because it, it's too much pressure, and as uh, they might have amazing ideas, they might be a great writer, but handling. Everyone, whether it's logistics, whether it's schedules, whether what no matter what it is, uh, problems like you just that you just talked about, that's hard.
2: Like that's just like the, getting asked questions all day, basically. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's like it's like being a father, but to like fifty people. Like it's just it's it's, it's really hard to do. But it helps, of course, when you have people that are that you trust, people that are good yeah. artists, good actors, great actors, right? Great cinematographers. You know all these people. So it is um, an ecosystem. But being a director, I mean, like it's not easy. There's no easy you know, job on set, but, like, being director is definitely, like, extremely hard, um, and you can comment on that, but I actually want to go back to the thing you were saying before that full story, because it made me think about something, uh, were you talking about the, uh, the kid, the inner city, all that, um, I, I noticed when I watch, uh, people's short films, or, or whether it's, uh, or feature length, uh, mostly people that are, like, um, up and coming, I'm able to, like, get an idea of what kind of writer they are. Um, And I know there's there's a few kinds. The two kinds I see most often is uh, there's a writer who will explore a character's relationship with the world around them, and there's the kind of writer that will explore a character's influence on the world around them. And to open that up a little bit, it's like picture a character going through, like, almost like a psychedelic mess, where, like, everything is is hurting, everything's in pain, everything's, like, creative and colorful. That's a character's... um, dealing with himself and then a character dealing with the world he uh he's produced is like a character who maybe you know robs a bank and then that bank uh ended up calling the police and now he's on the run and now he had to kidnap somebody so it's like that's a character's relationship with the world around him what kind of writer are you do you like writing about characters and their relationship with themselves or a character in the relationship with the world around them i don't know it's an interesting question and, um. and there's it's not binary there's more than one but those are the ones i see most often
0: I think for me, it starts with um, what the character's needs are, and, um, and if you can put him in a position where he's, he's in something that's bigger than himself, that he has to step up to the challenge, that's what I... And it may, may not be answering your question,
1: but... Well, it's not an easy question. It's kind of like, it's more yeah. of a... I'm not, there's not a direct answer. I'm kind of just kind of philosophizing with you. I want to know what kind of writer you think you are when it comes to characters. I,
0: I, I... I don't know, but I think you can combine the two. Like, like, like one of the ideas I was toying with, and
1: one of the scripts I was
0: writing, and I, I always like, "This if you because to have a character go through his own growth, that's that's great. You know, it's a lot of stories go that way. But if you can put that growth within a bigger problem that he's solving, I think you you make for a better film. Um, like you can look at Luke Skywalker growing as a Jedi. But meanwhile, he has to save the rebellion force. Yeah, you know it's a big thing there. And I was thinking about this one script I was writing where it's a character on a revenge story. But meanwhile, there's this big kidnapping that happened in L.A., or this child got killed, and and there's people in the streets because this child got murdered. And um, and meanwhile, this our hero is going through his own journey. But there's this bigger thing happening, and and I always. I don't know, it just felt very cool to me to put it in that kind of world because no matter what, there was something you could take from that story. But in regards to, like, the writing, I don't know, like, I, 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 get, I get the feedback a lot of times, like, things are happening to my characters, like, from the outside. Yeah. So but those are determined by the places I'm putting them in.
1: I don't oh, know. It, it, you to uh, you mentioned Star Wars, so I'm going to be a nerd for a second. I don't know if you ever uh, watched it, but um, you know the uh, the cartoon Airbender, uh, uh, Last Airbender. Yes. So I don't know if you ever watched it, but they have the one of the most amazing characters I think ever written. He has a perfect rate of change through all the season. Uh, Zuko, he's the the Prince of the Fire Lord. If you have time, if you I don't know what you do for fun. But if you haven't watched it, watch that fucking series, man. I know it's a kid's show, but holy shit, it's made for adults. And the rate of change is incredible because you take a character who's been, like, abandoned by his father and by his, um, you know, his entire society, and he finds himself along the way completely changing the story, and he's not even the main character. Like, it's incredible. So I think the rate of change of characters from beginning to end is really hard to master, but if you do, much like that cartoon did... Um, I mean, like, you got a solid story, so like, absolutely, yeah, yeah. no, I completely agree.
0: Um, yeah,
1: have yeah. you ever watched that? Um, I'm...
0: no, oh, fucking do it,
1: I... do it, bro. All right, I'll check it out. So good. anyway,
2: I'm back in the conversation. <laughs> oh. I heard Last Airbender and I tuned out for a little bit, but <laughs> um, can I ask because you were, when you were talking before about the script you uh, you wrote, you said uh, you referenced Teller Highwater. Um, yeah, there's yeah, a similar yeah. script to it. When you make movies or write movies, do you have certain uh, movies that you look back to that influence that project? And if you do, uh, what movies influenced The Last Deal? Because I'd like to m- know more about the sort of absolutely. Uh,
0: like I, I always pick something from long ago and something current, and um, mm. and I, I know I use Hell or High Water a lot. Like I like I really just love the way Taylor Chardon tells a story. Mm. Um, and, and then I, all, I always reference something from like like the 70s. Um, I really like the 70s filmmaking style. it was very gritty, you know, you get your Sam Peckinpahs and Dennis Hoppers and Scorsese is starting to come out, um, Eastwood. So I, I tend to combine things like that. And I look at two things and I'm like, I'm like as long as I stay within this camp, like I can, I can get to where I'm looking to go. Mm. Um, like the current one, I think, um, the only things that I'm thinking about is, is the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, uh, and there's a movie from Sam Peckinpah called Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. Uh (laughs) So I I got that one. And then, um, Michael Mann. So I've just had those three things in my mind while writing the next one. And then I I play the same song over and over and over again. What song? it's probably like five songs and I'll just play them continuously while I write the entire script. And the current one is the um the theme to the midnight special that, that oh yeah that was uh yeah, what's his um, name? Jeff the Eagles, right song, yeah the theme song to that um yeah. been playing that a lot and then I tend to play like um some synth wave or something. Synthwave really yeah that's awesome <laughs> you look back yeah. on the uh the uh,
2: itunes apple play and be like oh you've listened to the song five thousand times oh yeah absolutely <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> oh that's actually really funny um
0: yeah you, you just in that like for me i like to just get into a place and i stay there it's a way to like i i hypnotize myself into a place and then i can just go yeah um, so yeah
1: do you believe in that um because a lot of a lot of writers talk about this a lot, whether it's so you're writing comedy, you're writing uh, novels, writing screenplays, where it's like, like you could have like a, a talent for it, but to make it into a skill, obviously you have to keep working at it. But if you if you wait too long between writing sessions, you kind of lose that muse, that like sensation of where it's like I can just sit down and get it done. Because if you take a couple months off, I know people say like it's a lot harder to get back into it. So when you write how long do you wait and sit in that chair before like you hit a nice pocket of uh, like inspiration?
0: I, I, I've formed a schedule over the years so um, the, the script writing like just like the, the outline is done um, the prep work is done and now I'm going to actually write the script uh, I basically do like a 9 to 5 or 10 to 6 or something like that and the way it always starts is from the night before so the night before, I'm like, mm-hmm. "What am I going to write in the morning?" Mm-hmm. And does it scene I'm going to write? Where is that scene going? What does it mean? I don't even think about this too much, but I'm going to bed, and I'm going to think about it because that's what I'm. That's the goal for tomorrow. And so I wake up, I go to my computer, stay in my pajamas or something like that, and um, I I put on the, the music, and I go into it. I look at my outline, okay, where am I going in this scene? What am I doing? Okay, all right, let's just go. And, 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 and then I just start to write it. And sometimes it will completely change and I find something different and that's what I do. And so I'll do that throughout the day and then I hit obstacles and, and the day finishes. And at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, what are we doing tomorrow? Like, what's the obstacle now that we have? Like, what isn't working in this story? And that's what I think about that night. I'm like, okay, that's where I'm gonna start tomorrow. And so when I start tomorrow, I'm like, okay, well, that's my goal. Like, why isn't, why isn't it believable when he hears who killed his wife? Like, that he wants to go kill that person. Like, why is that not working? And, and I'll think about it that night, like, it's something in act one that I'm not doing right. Mm-hmm. And so I think about that and and, 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 that's the way each day goes. And, and I try to like crank out like as, as many pages as I can. Usually like if I can crank out like, like a scene or a scene and a half, like I'll start the next scene, like with the first beginnings of that scene and then I'll just walk away. And I know, okay, well, this is where my scene starts. So it's like you were saying, if you walk away from something, like it's hard to start back up. So just keep it on your track and keep going. So th- that's the way my process goes. And then I can usually knock on wood, um, get that first draft done in about a month. Cause you just want to push it. Right. Like, 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 I don't want to think too much about it. Like I trusted my outline. It's much the same as the shooting process. Like I'm collaborating with myself or my story editors, but I'm not really talking to them too much. I, it's at this point where I just gotta trust myself and just go. Like, what do I want to see? So, and that's, that's that's what I did with the last deal and what, what I'm doing with the current one.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, di- directors often get asked like, what their favorite part about making a movie is. Are you a are you a writing, shooting, or editing guy?
0: Um, I mean, I guess the lame answer is all three, mm-hmm. but. I, I mean, I grew up just shooting and not writing and cutting because I was shooting camera. So um, the shooting for me is all, always fun. Like I, I, I love the collaborating and, and, and just that environment of coming to set and all that. It's always pretty fun. Waking up and getting four hours of sleep each night, but you're like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed every morning. Or <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I, the shooting is, is the most adrenaline which is i enjoy um and then i i i i like the writing too so is
1: there a moment in your writing where um cuz i know a lot of times in, in art people are held back by uh, trying to be a perfectionist is there a moment when you're when you finish writing something or you think you're finished and you're like this can't get better or if i try to get this any better i'm just going to be wasting time like when do you cut yourself off like do you, do you would you say that you've gotten personal perfection like to like subjective perfection or do you say you actually cut yourself off and just produce it
0: yeah i i i I can speak more towards like the individual individual scenes there because like the script you gotta get into a good place like the individual scenes is like a a set of diminishing returns you know i took this as far as i can i've exhausted every idea so this is the one we'll shoot the movie i'll write the script or or pitch the script, but this is the way it's going to be, and I'll fix that later. Um, not, not that it needs to be fixed, but I'd be like, if this is like the one lagging thing. But with the screenplay, is like like with the Last Deal. Um, I was writing that up until the day we shot. So, um, but but yeah, it there comes a point. It's the diminishing returns. Like when it becomes a chore for you, um, you 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 go another thirty five percent, and then. You're kind
1: of done. <laughs> yeah, because I, hold, I, I, all the um the filmmakers that I've worked with, I that's always what holds them back. It's the trying to be a perfectionist, and sometimes I'm like, listen, man, if you want to get anything done today, it's, you're gonna have to just accept what you have because you are that diminishing returns. Actually, I love that that uh, phrase because um my father used to use it all the time when talking about basically anything. Um, that if you do too much because you're trying to get it to be perfect, you're just making it worse eventually.
2: Well, one I heard at one point like. I heard somebody say, if you're making changes and you're not sure if it's making it better or not, then just stop. It's probably the best you can make. Yeah, wow. that's a good
0: point. And, and, and the way I've, I've seen things in the last four or five years is like, it's like my level of filmmaking or knowledge is here on my scale, like wherever I'm, whatever I'm doing, I'm only going to be able to go here and here, like, like worse or better, but it's, it's, it's within this zone. It's not going to be all the way up here, you mm-hmm. know? Like, and I know like after a while, I gotta just choose something cause it's gonna be within the zone. But if I've exhausted everything, it'll most likely be here. So like, we're making the final poster for the last deal. And I've gone over so many different iterations and what it can look like. And I've just come to the uh, to, to the um, not realization, but contentment that it's like, it's like, hey, this is gonna be as good as it's gonna be. You know, like I'm, I chose the right person. I gave all the right influences for what I'm looking to do. It's going to like, like there's a d- d- diminishing returns, like even if I make it all that much better, it's just going to go from here to here. So right, yeah. so just put it out there. You're going to be fine.
1: Is, is there any like uh, any ideas you have that you like? Because a lot of times people say, oh, if you have a really big idea, um, wait until you have like a following, wait till you have like funding before you do your big one. Do you have like a big one that you want to do in the future? Like, did you have a dream when you were a kid where you were like, I want this?
0: <laughs> there, there's one right now. So there's a, a film that I have that I have the log line, a little short outline for, but it's more in the five to ten million dollar zone, and yeah. and that I can I can fight and claw and try to make that work. Yeah. Um, and it could be difficult, but I'm I. I'm holding off on that one. So the one I have right now is budgeted less than that. And there's a path towards me making it. So I'm like, hey, let me go with that one, you know. And there's this bigger one that I want to make that involves like, like uh, stock cars and and, and and heists. and Oh, stuff like that. nice, wow. Yeah, and I was like, hey, this is the one I want to make. But like, am I going to be spinning my own wheels if I go and write this right now? I devote all my energy, because it takes you about It takes you like a year or so to write a script, and this is going to be one I have to pitch. It's going to be a little bit more difficult than me getting the talent aboard and raising pre-sales and stuff like that. There's a long road there. You got to think of all that stuff. Like, what's the best choice right now? And and for me, it's making a film between there and the last deal because there is a path to that.
1: So I've got I definitely have two more things I I definitely want to ask. One's going to be really boring, and the other one's going to be really cliche. The boring right. one is – Excellent questions. Excellent questions, right? <laughs> the, the boring one is because I think – I, I, I want to know this, and I know a lot of people that are just starting out. They're like, how the hell do I do this? How do you go about like, getting funding, especially when it's like your first film? Like, you like, Maybe you just got out of film school. You didn't go to film school, and you just, you just uh, got out of uh, business school, and before you get your big job, you want to try to make a movie. Like, how do you go – what are the steps? I know it's like, a loaded question, but like, how do you acquire funding?
0: Gotcha. So for that person, and I'll give you the exact scenario I used on the last deal because it works. For that person that's looking to that has nothing, and looking to make something, you have to use everything around you, like every resource you have. And I think that's whatever budget range you have, like using the resources around you. For that person, what I would say is do the same thing that I thought of with the last deal. I was like, I have an idea for how I can make this film, and I can make it for this budget amount. Now. Some of that I can, I can fund on my own. And then once I'm in post, I can raise more funding. And I can use different crew members that I know that are friends of mine and they'll come aboard and I can shoot it in 12 days, let's say. And, and I can just follow this thing of what I have around me and what I can do. And, I, and that's the avenue I would go. Now in saying that, if you can pick something commercial like an actor, action or, or a horror, or sci-fi, there are people that will give you funding when you're in post to finish your film. You know, they'll give you final uh, funds, finishing funds, mm-hmm. and they'll come mm-hmm. aboard for um, to be in the first tier for being paid back. And you can get anywhere from like for a low-budget film like that, like twenty to eighty thousand dollars. So you just got to get yourself in post. Now with the last deal, I was going to make this no matter what. So. I had a a cinematographer I was working with that owned his own black magic. And we were shooting some spec commercials and we were enjoying each other. And I said, hey, I really wanna make this feature film. Do you wanna come aboard? Um, Like, I can't pay you, but it would be like the spec commercials we're shooting because we're kind of like a partnership and and we'll go and shoot this feature and I have an idea for how I can make it. And he's like, absolutely. So I have the camera guy for free because I have a partner in that. And, and I was gonna shoot this in the Black Magic, which would look fantastic. And I called Carl, who um, was a good friend of mine, or is a good friend of mine, and is a stunt coordinator. And I said, hey, if I can get you aboard, I know I can make my stunts look good, and this is what I'm looking to do. So now I have my DP, I have my stunt coordinator a producer, no money has been spent yet. And now I'm like, hey, let me go and, and get actors. And I know I can, give someone their first lead role or find a stunt guy that can act and stuff like that. Or find my friend, my friend, Adam. I, I could bring him in because he's been looking for a feature to make. And But there's people around me that will come in for no rate. Now, if you put something like that on Twitter, they'd be like, fuck you, man, you're not paying people. Like, you're horrible. Yeah. But if, if if you're bringing your friends aboard and this is all in the same boat type of thing where there's a mutual gain, yeah. um, I think there's there's a lot of fun you can have there and, and exploration um so so yeah then the pen, so you, you you can do that and 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 you got to put some of your own capital in yeah you know? of course. so you know if you're a responsible person and you have a good credit rating <laughs> max out those cards <laughs> yeah you know you can get your rentals you can get all your food max out those cards like if you're not willing to put here, here's the thing. I've never done a crowdfunding campaign in my life. Um, but if you're not willing to put your own money in, why should somebody else? Mm,
1: yeah. You know?
0: And 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 so with the last deal, I put in the most money of that. Now, I, I could pay myself back first, but I put myself at the very end because I was like, I was like, no, I, I want you to come aboard, invest in my project and, and pay you back first. And my number one goal is to make sure everyone gets paid back. Like I'll pay them back before myself.
1: There's um like we kind of talked about this before about like that teamwork, that like team aspect, that community that village, right? Um this I your think cli- your cliché question? Yeah, we're do the cliché question. I just want to I just want to comment on what, on what you're saying. I just think it's cool that uh I think it's important to have friends that want to do this cuz I think that mutual gain is very very important. And um I always tell people to get started, you just got to get started. And once you get started and you're in a position where you're in, now you know so many people that want to be in the same place. Why wouldn't you help each other out? Because everyone's so worried about starting out and having nothing. Bro, no shit. You're going to start out and have nothing. But you got to start somewhere. And I think you started somewhere a very long time ago and look at you now. And I think that's incredible. And a lot of people get it, are very um, intimidated by the future. But they haven't even gotten there yet. So stop thinking about it like that and start yeah. now, you know?
0: One one of the best things I've heard is is what you want right now, you have everything around you to make it happen.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um so
0: it, 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 you really have to use that.
1: Um all right, I'll do my cliche question. Well you kind of answered it already. Um
2: Good, then don't ask it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I do have a question. You, I think on your IMDb it says you moved to LA from Boston when you were like 22. Yeah. And then how old were you when you made uh, up? 27. Okay. So let's say
0: let's Maybe, say no, it came, it came out you no know, 25. I think I started shooting when I was 25 or 27.
2: Okay. So pretend Mark is you when you're 22 to 25. Is there anything you're gonna say to that fella? Based off the knowledge you have now, of, <laughs> you know, being in this business for basically like 15 years. That's actually
1: kind of my cliche question I was going to ask. Really? Not out yeah, that? <laughs> <laughs> that credit card now. What's
0: that? Knock out that credit card now. You got nothing to lose. Like, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Mm.
2: You
1: know? Yeah, aside but, from the loan you But,
0: but, but be, be responsible. You know, it, it, like, if, uh, are, are you looking to, to make a film right, right now? Who, who are you asking? uh you
1: me um well listen i'm gonna (laughs) so i'm gonna do what johnny told me not to do johnny has made several short films i myself i I help a lot of people on short films and i i i'm currently working on uh making something but i have not actually started filming anything so we both kind of play around in this you know thing but um johnny's definitely accomplished more than i have when it comes to actually producing something I think the question is just about whether or not, or for people our age, what is the step? Like, what is the advice?
0: Well, I'll I take you guys for example. You you already have a partnership. One has a lot of experience. One has experiences and is hungry. Like you got to use what's around you. So you guys yeah. combining forces becomes an energy. Mm-hmm. People people get attracted towards that, and that's when people come aboard. Like you're going to meet an actress or an actor. And it's like, hey guys. Like, like, I really want to make what you're making. Um, can like find a way to fit that guy in or 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 woman, and 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 start writing it around what you have around you. Um, and I do that. Like, it's very easy. Like, Canon has a camera, the C500, I think, and the Black Magic are very inexpensive right now and have a very good look. Do you know? So, you
1: know offhand how much the Black Magic? Because I already have Black Magic uh, hardware.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know how much the black magic is, but I, I know, oh, you can shoot with like the red Komodo. Um, the, the big thing is no matter what, there's so much around you right now that I wouldn't shoot less than 4K because you're going to want to use that in post to punch in a little bit of stuff. Um, mm. But Yeah, you, you, I, you use everything you have around you. And then I would say shoot your film in no more than like 15 days or 18 days. Um, and do it on weekends if you need to, or find three straight weeks you can do it. You can do it over Christmas, um, and just shoot, 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 shoot. Like like yeah. when I started out, I was working for Asylum. A few times, Asylum makes a lot of those B films that go straight to video, and I learned a lot working for them because you're making like 12 day films or like Roger Corman kind of things, um, or all those Bruce Willis films that are out right now. Those are all like 12 day films, and um, and and so try to like, oh, oh, sorry, I got I lost a I sec. But the biggest thing I learned from the asylum films is they're just shooting. Like they're doing three points of coverage, shooting like 10 pages a day and shooting whatever they can. So when I made the last deal, I knew I had to be ambitious with the shooting because I had so many locations that I was just, I would go back and do like asylum tricks that I learned of mm-hmm. just shooting whatever I could. So like we had lunch at a r- restaurant one day I was like, hey, there's an eighth of page scene I have in the script that I can shoot right now at this restaurant. Let me ask the owner if I can use it. And he's like, sure. So we prep the camera before we leave and we shoot a short eighth of page thing there. But you just keep going and do it in like 15 days. How how many days did you shoot on last deal? Uh, 27. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Anti app or or the last deal? Last deal. 27.
2: Yeah. 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 And how long was last deal?
0: The last day was twenty-seven. Um, Antioch maybe was twenty or eighteen. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I, I had less locations than that, so it helped out.
2: So we did half of your advice. We we made last year. We filmed a thirty-nine minute movie, and we did. And <laughs> we basically used the advice. You like use everything around you. So I basically just used all of my friends' locations. Yeah, stuff all like of that, our houses, and, and just and basically freeloaded off everybody. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we filmed like thirty-nine yeah. minutes of stuff for five hundred bucks, right? Yeah. The thing is, we didn't shoot it in fifteen or twenty-seven days. He, <laughs> we started filming in June and then finished in November. Yeah, but um, but I, that's awesome though. Yeah, like, like, yeah. you did
1: it no, no matter what.
2: Yeah, that's know? the thing. Like when you were talking about before, like you asked him that moment of like when you like when you were like, "Holy crap! Like we pulled that off." It's like the whole thing. I don't the know whole thing. Yeah,
1: I can't believe we pulled the whole. thing and it's, off. S- it's
2: Semi-solid. You know, it's still amateur. But...
1: The um, if
0: you can do that. Like I, I, I know people that will give you like twenty-five or thirty grand. And if you can write a script that has a lot of violence or a monster and nudity or, like, you got to check these boxes off, they'll Um, give you the money. And it's usually people that are acting in it and writing and directing and doing the DP work. And and they'll go off and sell it. So, uh, yeah, you could easily, like, make some movie with, like, some action or horror and...
1: uh, Well, yeah, especially horror. Horror is, like, really... um... It's as far as I know. It's probably the simplest film to make on a low budget. That that's usually what it always is. And like the next film that I plan on getting involved with, um, like we're at, I'm hopefully if possible we're going to use the entirety of Johnny's property, and um, a few other locations. And it's simple because we've we've met so many people in like our what's it call a community like. Through, like, maybe only two people, I've also met like 60 plus people that are actors that um, are cinematographers. Like, and we keep going back into the same uh points that we're all making that it's the people you know, it's um, how dedicated you are and into doing it, and um, just the the passion for the art, right? Um, so yeah, it's we know everyone,
0: pay your sound guy.
1: Pay your sound, yeah. That's Danny. Well, my sound da- guy was my best
2: friend, so that guy didn't really have to do that at all. I gave him no. a free,
0: few
1: uh,
2: free rounds of golf and said, "All right, buddy.
1: I'll pay." I'll pay Danny, maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll give you a fun fact. Like, uh, you can make a movie for like twenty five thousand dollars in twelve days, and it will sell more times than not the same as the four hundred, five hundred, eight hundred thousand dollar film with no names attached mm, many times sense. both those films will make the same amount
1: i definitely believe that actually totally but um i don't know i think that might be about it is there any other, anything else we want to talk about johnny anything else this was great by the way thank you so much
0: thank you guys it was a good break yeah a break <laughs>
1: yeah, from moving
0: <laughs>
1: yeah that was um you were a fantastic guest i i learned a lot actually um and um i don't know anything else johnny
2: I think that's it. it was awesome, very,
1: man. I really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay. Um,
0: yeah, I, I pre- appreciate all the insightful questions. and Thank you for thinking of me.
1: Oh, of course. Absolutely. Um, do me a favor. Stay on while I sign out so we can do a debrief. But um, is there anything else you want to say before we sign out?
0: Uh, no, uh, just one thing. Check out. We have an Instagram. That's where we are the most active. its uh, I think it's last at last deal film
1: I yeah think. i'll tag everything in the description as well
0: yeah it's uh last deal movie so the last deal movie is our handle on instagram and i think facebook and and twitter so awesome, please awesome. it a follow it comes out in february and hopefully people can check it out beautiful i do
2: have one request go ahead if you ever make a movie and need a guy uh who either bumps onto the prota- into the protagonist on the street and goes watch it <laughs> or
1: <laughs> or a mechanic who's always sliding out from under the car and, like, We're wiping his hands. Yes, yeah, call you're, me. Call, you're calling Johnny. <laughs> um, all right, stay on the, stay on the line, John. Um, guys, thank you so much for watching. We will see you on the next one. Peace.